Looking for coffee that can finally give you the flavor and experience you have been missing? Then your next coffee order should come from SeaStateCoffee.com. SeaState Coffee is premium, hand-selected, highest-grade available coffee that is roasted on order, delivered fresh to you. And right now, you can take 10% off your order by using code GRIND10. That's G-R-I-N-D and the number 10 for 10% off your SeaState Coffee order. Head over to SeaStateCoffee.com so you can enjoy the smoothest and most caffeinated coffee available. Start your day off right with SeaState Coffee. This week on the Route 16 Grind, an outdoor update, I cover HR 1957, the Great American Outdoors Act. It just passed into law, and we're pretty excited about it. And from the field, I'm going to talk about some R3 efforts that I'm doing on my own, and hopefully it'll help you to get started yourself. In the Rock Money Dirt, I'm going to talk about a great trip that I took with True Patriot out in the wilderness of your worry and got root the Jeep, muddy, and stuck on some rocks. In Go Adventuring, we had the opportunity to interview another alone contestant, Wonia, and she's going to talk about her experience as well as her brand, Buckskin Revolution. Then we wrap up the show with a cup of joe. The Route 16 Grind, episode 29. Yes, we're alive! The Route 16 Grind is sponsored by Sea State Coffee, Warren Industries, Tuffy Security Products, and Route 16 Off-Road. The Route 16 Grind, the podcast for outdoor adventurers. Each week, we bring you information related to off-road and outdoor activities. If you wheel, hunt, fish, overland, or are an all-around adventurer, this podcast is for you. Each week, we pour a cup of sea steak coffee and talk about informative topics, the gear, and the training that can help you have a successful outdoor adventure. We have amazing contributors and some great conversation. So, grab your cup and enjoy the show. What is up, people? Yes, this is Brian. I'm glad to be back. It is literally October 5th, 2020. Where have I been? I've been busy, y'all. I've been real busy. Uh, work, uh, my regular job job kicked in and, uh, I'm going to share a little bit about that, like a tiny bit. And, uh, I'm also like, I, you know, I did a, I've been busy actually on some other things, just some personal activities, some great uh, exposure. I plan to do this, uh, podcast, uh, as soon as I got back from a trail ride early, early August. Right. But I'm going to tell you, sometimes you just got to enjoy yourself. I was actually in the, in the midst of we're getting ready to record and start doing some things and put some things out. And, uh, I was like, you know what, man, you just need to enjoy. It. I had such a great experience with True Patriot. And, uh, you know what? I, I have been busy at work and I want to spend time with, uh, my sons and, you know, just kind of relax and go out and do some other things. And so I took a ton of it, a, a break, maybe a sabbatical from, uh, the Route 16 Ryan a little bit, still a little bit connected, but not as connected. And, uh, I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, I'm happier and in many ways uh, to enjoy those moments, but I'm back here and I'm ready to do this. I have a great show ready for you guys. I had a wonderful opportunity to interview Wonia, who she competed on alone. 
And uh, she had a great brand called Buckskin Revolution. I'm, I'm probably skipping the chase here because a lot of other things are great things that happen. But man, that was so fun. Um, her, she competed on the same season that Michelle did, who we interviewed earlier this year. And, you know, both these women, straight up tigers, uh, great. Uh, they have so much information to offer. And, and I'm excited to that we're able to work this out and get her on and for her to share her story and, and the things that she has. And you're going to enjoy this. So you definitely want to take a listen. And then just uh, sharing that wonderful trail experience. Took my son shooting as well, so I got some things. I got some things to share with you uh, in there. But it's going to be a great show. I want you guys to sit back, relax, grab your cup of Joe, and let's get it rolling. We appreciate your posts and feedback. One of the best ways you can help out the show is to post a five star review with your feedback on Stitcher and Apple Podcasts. This helps us grow the Route One Six Grind audience, and we get a chance to hear from you. So if you love the show, please consider leaving us a five star rating on Stitcher and Apple Podcasts today. The Outdoor Update is brought to you by Tuffy Security Products. Having your vehicle broken into is not a laughing matter. Trust Tuffy Security Products to stop opportunistic thieves. Tuffy is the industry leader in automotive security and provides peace of mind when you walk away from your rig. Durable and easy to install. Tuffy Security Products has adventure-ready consoles, drawers, and lockboxes available for you to organize your rig and secure your gear. Visit TuffyProducts.com and use special offer code GRIND to save 10% on your order. Remember to lock it up. Welcome back to the Outdoor Update, the weekly segment where we provide you the stories and news and information from the recent going-ons in the outdoor world. Tonight we're going to talk about, yes, the Great American Outdoors Act. It passed. This bill establishes a National Parks and Public Land Legacy Restoration Fund to support deferred maintenance projects on federal lands. For fiscal year 2021 through fiscal year 2025, there will be deposited into the fund the amount equal to 50% of the energy development revenues credited, covered, or deposited as miscellaneous receipts from oil, gas, coal, or alternative or renewable energy developed on federal lands and water. Deposit amounts must not exceed $1.9 billion for any fiscal year. The fund must be used for priority deferred maintenance project in specified systems that are administered by the National Park Service, the Forest Service, the Fish and Wildlife Service, Bureau of Land Management, and the Bureau of Indian Education. The Government Accountability Office must report on effect of the fund in reducing the backlog of priority deferred maintenance projects for specified agencies. Additionally, the bill makes funding for the Land and Water Conservation Fund permanent. The president shall shall annually report to Congress specified details regarding the allocation of the funds to the Land and Water Conservation Fund. Congress may provide for alternate allocations using specific procedures or specified procedures. Okay, that last part, I don't necessarily like, be honest with you. But, you know, this is kind of middle ground with me. I am so happy. I know that uh, Chuck, wherever you're at, man, uh, you're excited about this as well. And the Land and Water Conservation Fund being permanently funded, that was a big deal. This is something that goes all the way back to when we first started the podcast, uh, I think November of last year, that was brought to light. I didn't even know anything about this until Chuck brought it up. And you know what? I've been following this thing, and hopefully you've been following it with us. And this is a big deal. If you are a person that does any outdoor activity, let's just remove COVID from the conversation right now, y'all. Let's not even bring it in. Let's just focus on positive, right? Not COVID positive. This kind of stuff positive. 
But let's focus on that. So remove all that. Now, all these things, we're talking about all those parks, like where I, where I live at, the trail system, the campgrounds, the different uh, facilities that people have to utilize, whether it's the bathroom, the trash containers, uh, simple road maintenance. Because one of the biggest things in my area, like when we're, we, I, you obviously I talk about Uwari a lot, but you know, I have a Jeep. I have an off-road drive vehicle. A lot of guys go out there, gals go out there with those. But what if you're, you know, when I was a kid, my dad had an Oldsmobile. I'm not sure we could have drove out to Uwari and just do a basing, a basic camping and fishing trip based off of some of the conditions those roads were in. Be, tremendously large potholes, not no gravel on the ground, uh, a lot of, you know, just filled with water and stuff. I'm not sure that my dad would take taken his Oldsmobile out there. Now we had a KC5 Blazer, probably not no problem. But certain things like that, we're not just talking about the things that we all enjoy and we talk about a lot. It's the simple things that anybody, and that's one of the big things with this show, hey, get outdoors, get outside and embrace it. But also, we got to make sure that there's those places to go to. Now, how we get there and how we go about it and the funding, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a constant battle with it, right? Uh, just like I said of uh, reading the uh, the summary of the bill here, uh, you know, Congress may provide alternate allocations using specified procedures. I don't like those type of things. I want everything to be specific, black, white, when it comes to this type of funding, um, especially when you look at it kind of in a form of tax, if you will. But, hey, you know what? It's middle ground, and and I, I, I'm I'm – willing to work with you on that. Um, I would love to be in a place where we're always going to be no negotiation, all that. But at the end of the day, there are certain things that shouldn't be negotiate, like your rights, uh, but other things where you're just going to have to work and, and try and get into that middle ground so we get some forward progress going. Okay, but I hope you all are excited about this. Uh, you should be. Um, it's a very big news with all the doom and gloom that is going on right now. Um, this should excite you. It should make you happy. And then you should also remember now, as this money comes in, you need to hold your representatives accountable to this money. Don't be doing any shady business with it. This thing goes to what the purpose of it is. All right. So remember that the responsibility is on us, the voters, not to the people that we elected. As much as we like to think on that, if we don't hold them accountable, they won't be. And we will not see a dime of this money go where it needs to go to. Regardless, there'll be some shady shade stuff going on. Right. So let's hold our representatives accountable. You got me. All right. The Red Warren Badge says you're equipped to handle anything, ready to conquer any challenge that may come your way. That badge has stood for off-road excellence for more than 70 years. During that time, we haven't stopped innovating or striving for perfection. Be ready. Be prepared. Go Warren. When you hear the calls, you know we have a report from the field. This week, I'm going to talk about R3, recruit, retention, and reactivation. So I've been kind of like, you know, as I've been kind of out, if you will, for a little bit from the podcast, I have been really aggressively working with R3. Uh, a little bit has been uh far as trying to get some, and y'all listen to this, if you are in, I don't know, the East Coast area, Somewhere around there, or maybe you want to fly in cross country. Uh, so Enduring Gratitude is going to be hosting another event in February. I'll have the show, I'll have the link in the show notes. That wonderful event I told you about that really got me back into hunting and all that. Well, they're going to do another event in February, but I would love to get a group of five others to go to that event together. All right. Now I got a couple guys, whatever, but hey, this morning five, great. Well, no problem. We'll get you in a group. But that really was one of the things I've been trying to work on. And then just uh, 
outside of it, um, I've had some people over my house and, uh, uh, had, I met this, this guy that, you know, was a friend of the groups, if you will. And he just kind of came, we invited him over. Hey, yeah, no problem. And I started talking to him and he was trying to get, he just moved here from uh, Florida, I believe. And he was trying to get into hunting in this area. And I was like, oh yeah, man, yeah, hit me up. I told him the story of how I got back into it and everything. And I said, yeah, I get laid it out. He's a fellow veteran. So I was like, oh man, there's so many benefits that you can look at. We walked it, emailed back and forth. Now we're talking about going scouting. We're talking about doing a bear hunt together, uh, you know, with my son. We're talking about, you know, go, going to other properties. So I'm really excited. And I'm telling you, uh, I'm just took from the guy that I took from, you know, if you will, Chuck's lead. I took from a guy that was able to go out with me and look where I'm at now and he said, Hey man, you can totally get back into it. And I did and get with Scott. And then I had another, uh, gentleman that I met on a off road trip and we were talking and he was talking about, man, I really want to get in a hunt. And I said, dude, I'll go with you. I'll go with you. And so we've been talking a little bit back and forth. I got to follow back up with him, but about the whole thing that I want to bring out the, the, the show tonight is Look, someone has to be given that handout. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many other things that I do that I've said, you know, I like a little bit of guidance, a little help. Someone kind of maybe reach out for a mentor. And, you know, everyone says they want to help you, but you get deaf ears. You don't get no action behind that. And I didn't want to be that person uh, with this. I absolutely did not. And when someone told me, hey, I'd love to get back into it. I really want to uh, reconnect. I mean, I'm telling you right now, it's done wonders for me, and I hope you guys do, whether it's fishing, hunting, both of it, uh, you know, even wheeling, whatever outdoor adventure that you enjoy. I'm here to help you and, and try and get you out there, and I hope you guys know that. But I really want to take that, and I want to be that person, and because I had such a great example uh, with uh, with Chuck there, and uh, I, I I still think he does listen to the show. I hope you do, Chuck. And um, yeah, he's been real busy with his thing. He's been real active with that. And um, yeah, man. I mean, I know this isn't probably the most eloquent way, delicate discussion to come out, but it just it's really personal in the aspect that I, I'm so grateful that someone took their time, their personal time, didn't even know me. To say, hey man, you got it. I'm gonna take you out there and, and did it. And so that stayed with me, and I want to be that example too. And you know, recruit recruiting is being that example, being able to recruit new hunters, new fishermen, new outdoors people. You know, the, in order to do that, to recruit, you got to be a good example. You have to get. I think you need to be a positive example um, to do that. Uh, like with with uh, different off road clubs, good example. You know, you want to be with a group that you're going to enjoy and, and it's going to be inviting. No, you know, one of the biggest reason, I, I, if you guys are part of a big hunter group, this isn't necessarily directed to you. It's just the ones that I uh, became engaged with in the last, you know, like almost two years. Now, uh, I was looking for a group before I, I sought out, uh, if you will, Chuck. And, and I'm just be honest with you, man, I got the, a real um, negative vibe from some of the groups because they were, you know, there was some type of hierarchy and stuff, and that's fine. That's the way you run your group. It's just that didn't fit in with me at all. Then I met a couple of guys who had a wonderful property, but they were three hours away, and I I would have jumped on it. I would have, you know, definitely got onto their lease and, and did it with them, but they were just too far away when I really broke it down. And then I realized, hey, man, there's all this public land. Why take advantage of that? And lo and behold, uh, I, I do a little bit of both now. But it took someone involved. It took someone to to kind of like you know, at least point the direction and help out. Could I do it on my own? Absolutely. Uh, would it have been as fun? Uh, would it have been as rewarding? I don't know. I don't know. I really can't answer that. For some, it might be. But 
I will tell you this. It absolutely was rewarding and it absolutely was more fun when I was able to ask somebody who really understood uh, the parameters, like, like, you know, like turkey hunting, never been turkey hunting. I, I was able to ask somebody, hey, man, is this right? What do you want to do? What are some things? I saw some YouTube videos and you guys send a deal, man. YouTube only takes you so far. I mean, you're not YouTube isn't having you sit down all those hours with the patients you know, with your whatever you want to call as a blind or camouflage and those conditions, hot, cold, uncomfortable, and and you and you have to still produce and have to make those calls in the case of a turkey. Same thing with a deer blind. You know, you're sitting up there in a stand, uh, getting that stand up, finding the right tree to go into, making sure you're doing aggressive scouting way before that. All those different things. And being able to talk about those things that I have learned and relearned and share with others, and then get others to say, you know what, man, I, I want to go hunting with you. I want to go go out there with you. It is just so rewarding. And each one of you, and I'm talking to you, every one of you hunters, I don't care if you've been hunting, you know, just got your license last week, and I don't care if you've been a hunter for the last 30, 40 years. Um, in order to really continue this trade, this skill set, this, uh, you know, craft, if you will, and this love of adventure, uh, you know what? We need to get others involved into it and find that reward. Get people away from the tube. Get people off their phones. There's so much reward. And it's not even about, this is one of the biggest things. I, I'll keep saying it and I can't wait to bring others on and they can re-say it and they can say it in their own words and maybe others connect with it. The kill is just the smallest part about it. That experience you get, the reward, the fact that this animal is going to provide for you in so many different ways and can provide for you in so many different ways. Uh, it's so much I have in hunt through hunting. I have created a whole different level, different connection, different bond with my youngest son and being able to engage with him on that. And these are life skills, you know, and you know, some of, some of us out there, we don't have others that we can lean on directly. And if you could be that person for somebody, do it. Get involved in some of these organizations. The National Wild Turkey Federation, their Jake Day is so impressive. It was absolutely impressive. Take my son out there and have him integrate with a lot of uh, other kids, boys and girls from all parts of society. You know, some obviously experience with, with, with rifles and fishing and shooting and axe throwing even. Uh, others, no, so the first time they did it and they got that experience and you can just see the confidence and the difference and the joy and the attitude with them integrating with others. And they're also, they're leaving there a little bit stronger, a little bit more prepared because they're learning skill sets that go beyond the actual act. So let's get out there and let's get it done. So recruit. We're looking to find new people who've never been exposed to hunting, fishing, outdoor stuff, camping, whatever it may be, kayaking, retain. We want to make sure to keep the current hunters and the current people that are actively outdoors, you know, keep them engaged with that, that activity, encourage them to keep out there and go do it. Especially right now, some people need that encouragement. They are down. They are depressed. They, and I'll tell you right now, they need to get out of their house. This whole isolation is just, um, excuse my language, but it's just bullshit. So get out there, go do something. Even if it's just for a little walk, little hike, et cetera, get outside. And then there's people like me, reactivation. People have already left it, haven't been involved in it, have been separated from it, opportunity wasn't there, et cetera. There are people like me that are ready to step back in and get their butts back into hunting, get back into the outdoors, 
get back to fishing, whatever it may be. And there's a love, there's a, there's a whole bunch of, uh, great groups that are out there that are very focused on getting people out on the coastal fishing, going inland fishing, going out on overland. Go do it. Go experience it. You don't judge it. Go do it. Go do it. And then you can kind of say, okay, I've done it and I got a good estimate. Maybe it's for you. Maybe it isn't. Whatever the case may be. When you know, as far as hunting, you don't have to be the person that has to go out there uh, to pull the trigger. You can just go out there and experience it. You know what? You want to go hunt with me? I mean, you don't want to be the person to pull that trigger and you just want to experience like that. I don't have a problem with that. Just be quiet. Yeah. Don't be, you know, you might be just bring a pack because you're going to carry something out for me as well. All right. Well, if we're successful, we are going to be successful though. I promise you after these experiences, you're going to feel much better. You're going to be more positive and you're going to want to go back. I promise you that. Even the ones where you're cold, tired, wet, and hungry. Honestly, those are the best. Imagine walking back to your vehicle in the parking lot and seeing glass on the ground with your door wide open. Your stomach drops and your world is turned upside down. Don't become a victim of opportunistic thieves. Be proactive and install a Tuffy. Since 1989, Tuffy Security Products has been the key to locking it up. Tuffy has adventure-ready consoles, drawers, and lockboxes available for your rig. With universal and vehicle-specific options, has something for what you drive. Organize your rig and secure your gear by visiting TuffyProducts.com today. And special offer code GRIND to save 10% on your order. That's G-R-I-N-D in the special offer code box when you go to checkout at TuffyProducts.com. In the Rock, Mud and Dirt is brought to you by Warren Industries. At Warren, we pour our effort and our thirst for adventure into every product we make. You better believe American pride runs deep here in Clackamas, Oregon. Here, a small army of engineers, technicians, machinists, and assemblers design and refine Warren products, bringing them as close to perfection as possible. Their work is backed up by legendary quality control that doesn't just stand up to rigid worn standards. It lives up to the toughest demands of the world's top vehicle manufacturers and military suppliers. How do we know? Because they've partnered with Warren for decades. This quest for peerless reliability, this worn difference, will be around as long as Warren Industries is in business. At least another 70 years. Go prepared. Go worn. Welcome to the Rock, Mud, and Dirt, the segment where I talk about people, brands, and products, and events from the off-road world. This week, I'm going to share with you a recent, well, actually, a month ago, uh, wheeling trip I did with True Patriot, with Mike Heath and the group that he assembled out there. It was phenomenal. It was in the Uari area on some private land. I really enjoyed that. Uh, this is some of the land that they utilize out in our area to do military training. They also do civilian training with off-road uh you know, winching classes, off-road basic classes, off-road ban- advanced classes, etc. So it's a really, I've been on this system before, but it's been a while. It's probably been about, I want to say three years since I've been out in that area. And uh, it was extremely challenging because for me, at least, because it's been a while. I, I just realized like this year, I probably only wheeled like maybe three. That was probably my third or fourth time this year by July, I've already gone like, you know, every other weekend or something, I would, would have, you know, got back in my rhythm. But this time, you know, I went out there, there, it was really wet. Um, we had a lot of big, uh, challenging terrain in the aspect of, uh, boulders and big rocks and stuff like that. I'm not talking Rubicon Trail kind of stuff, but there were some things that were really aggressive. And, you know, I'm be honest with you, I took a couple outs, like, yeah, I'm good. I'm going to go ahead and bypass that. But we'll get to all that too. 
Um, I had some wonderful experience with some of the gear that I had out there. And I also realized, you know, I might want to reconsider on some gear that I generally don't take anymore. So some of the things that I have, obviously the Nexum Rhodium MXT tires, they did great. One thing I learned. So if you guys remember from the wheeling trip I took earlier this year, I went down to 15 pounds. That was the trip where I went with my neighbor, uh, one of his friends, and then obviously Nikki G. Uh, we were out there in Uwari and I was at 15 pounds and, and those tires performed really well. Didn't find any issue, had good grip, would just, you know, roll right over rocks, et cetera. That was a good, uh, you know, uh, far as uh, pressure for those tires to be at and, and that type of terrain i went to 20 pounds this time just kind of figure out like hey i, w- I want to see what 20 pounds does let me tell you what uh, 20 pounds didn't do as good i wouldn't get the same uh, grip that i should have been in, in that condition um i did not feel that i was getting uh the right amount of grip on the the rocks that i could have the tires performed well i want to say they didn't but I think I would have had a lot more success in some of the more challenging areas versus having to reset and go over if I'd have been at a different tire pressure. So tire pressure does matter. Uh, these tires are really cool. Uh, you guys can read up on. We talked about a lot on the show, but you know, you can bust those things up to 80 psi. Not that you would, but it's the fact of when you, you don't have to go down as much in air to get a really good spread. And if you go back to the interview that we had with Paul from uh, Nexum Tire, he explained some of that. And I definitely can say that I, I experienced that effect and I will be at 15 pounds probably, you know, I probably between 12 and 15 pounds of what I'm going to roll with on those Nexon, uh, Rodian MTX tires. Great. Wonderful. I will tell you this, the uh, sidewall, really good job and, and grabbing stuff. So I was pretty, I was pretty impressed with what they did, uh, at the power pressure they were at. I just know that I need to go a little bit lower, uh, in wet conditions as well as some more challenging conditions. So that's how route the Jeep is going to roll in the future while we're out on the trail. Um, some other things we use the, uh, dead man, uh, anchor, uh, earth anchor. If you remember that. So dead man off road, they got that earth anchor. We use that, but we use it in the sense of a, uh, limb saver tree saver however you want to express it we put it around that you guys might have saw that on social media that thing worked wonderful a tremendous amount of flexibility with that i tell you what that kit uh the full complete kit was awesome it was lightweight like less than i think it was like what 10 10 pounds 15 pounds i can't remember but it's super lightweight put the ride out of root jeep Went to the place I needed to go. We're trying to help this. Sorry, it was a Toyota. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we had to kind of get this guy uh, out of uh, the area that he's at. We use it, um, use soft shackles, tied into his system, yeah, right into his winch, bring it in. It had it had so much extension and gave us a lot of flexibility at different angles to use it. If you scroll back into the Route 16 uh, Instagram or Facebook page or Twitter, you should be able to find it. You'll see the Dead Man Off-Road logo, uh, the, the yellow uh, earth anchor wrapped around a tree, and then you'll see uh, all the components that we utilize with it. The only thing that was not a part of that kit was the actual winch and the the end of the winch, uh, the shackle that was ex- attached to the winch itself. That thing performed really well. But not to be knocking on Toyotas, hey, you know what? I got high center too. I was out there and I tell you what, can totally tell I hadn't wheeled in a while. And uh, I was at a place I probably should have requested a ground guide or a road guide or trail guide, a guide guide and say, hey, look, you know, I'm not really seeing what I what I got here. And I went too far left. I got high centered. A uh, caveat to that is when I put in my new um, and I might have talked about it on a previous show, when I put in my new catalytic converter, um, I needed to get about a half inch spacer put on my 
armor beat to so my armor got lower a half inch lower so i lost a little bit of clearance there uh because of this catalytic converter the way it's set i i, I needed to get more space in there and i'm probably not explaining that right but just understand the the, the armor that's under my jeep uh that protects the uh um the gearbox it had to come half inch lower. So I lost about a half inch and I was getting high centered uh, on this side. I was too far left too. I was way off the line. I should have been. Um, and that goes back to, I should have probably had a, a guide to kind of say, Hey, look, this is where you need to go. More freaking passenger. All right, Brian, you're good. Well, we had to go out there. And so, you know, group had to stop and they had to, uh, kind of get me recovered and I didn't have a high lift. All right. I do carry a pro Eagle off-road jack with me and, Maybe if I wasn't so lazy, I would have got it out and said, oh, but I'll tell you what, high lift, someone had one available. It was really made for those type of situations. And I was like, cool with it. They got the lift made out, uh, pulled up my, uh, pat, my driver's rear tire, driver's side rear tire up. Uh, we were able to do some things and get me out of there. We did use the traction jack, uh, um, traction jack, uh, we call it road tracks there. And, um, yeah, the recovery boards. Yeah, initially, uh, I wasn't getting anything. I, I put them actually top of each other. I could tell you what, they were very good for the fact that the amount of how diversified they were and how, how I could stack them and do so many different other things with them and you multi-purpose them, if you will. Uh, once we got the uh, tire where it needed to be, uh, we got everything set. I was able to get out there. We got some uh, got someone to guide me in there. And the guy that was a primary guide out there, very knowledgeable, very experienced. I wish I remembered that dude's name. Dude, he, he was, he was pretty good. I mean, this guy could, you know, ground guy a tank into a McDonald's or something or McDonald's parking lot. I mean, he was really good, but, uh, like that makes any sense. But anyways, oh, I get off that thing. And then the other, the other challenging spot was there was an incline where I was talking about with that Toyota. That's where it got kind of stuck at. Um, I was a little too far left. Um, and it just comes back to this and this is where it goes out. If you guys have never off-road, you don't wheel, you don't do any type of aggressive stuff like that. Um, these challenging trails, uh, you know, think of it this way. Um, you got to look at what's ahead of you and you have to picture that in your head as you're driving over it. And remember where that rock, where that, uh, depression's at and you know, where that rut's at, if you will, and kind of like think about that as you're driving through it and you pick your line, you focus on a point on the horizon of what you're looking at and you kind of focus on that. That is one thing I was not doing right. And I, I caught myself when I was up on this incline, I was like, you know what? I got to pick my focus point because I was doing some other things. And I was like, you know what? I know my line. There it is. I get my focus point. I drive in, boom, right out of it. No issue whatsoever. I will tell you what, though, man, them JLs, absolutely impressive there was like two jls that were in our group and i want to say we even had a jt absolutely impressive uh the maneuverability i mean I tell you what jeep did it right when they built those things uh they definitely made them a little bit wider uh they had a little bit easier time negotiating certain certain obstacles and some of these weren't really built up uh i think there was one that was still pure stock uh other than i think the tires uh were the only thing that were different than what you would get off of a lot but other than that it was look to me at least it looked pretty stock so i was pretty impressed with the with the way that those things performed absolutely did um i wish i would have had my power tank out there uh, I did have the Via Air. Uh, I was able, when I reinflated my tires, no problem. Um, I had my son do all that. But I wish I did have my power tank because uh, it was a long day, really long day. We did a lot of trails. We hit a lot of ruck. We hit a lot of mud. Route the Jeep looked like a big, you know, orange freaking red clay 
paint job, cheap going on thing. It was dirty, like super dirty. It was clean inside. It was definitely dirty on the outside. Uh, we had a great opportunity to link up with Travis from F- Full Mission FMC Overland, fully mission capable Overland. Him and his son. Uh, so I just gotta say, it was a really good day. Uh, met a lot of fantastic people. And let me tell you what: when Mike put this together and he said, "Hey, we're gonna be wheeling," and that's what we did. We wheeled all day out there. We stopped a little bit, you know, grabbed a little bit of a snack, and we kept wheeling. He put together a wonderful experience. If you are ever out in this area and you see true patriot put together some type of event like that you guys need to see if you can jump on i highly recommend it more importantly i highly recommend that you guys get involved with true patriot um if you're looking at supporting a, a solid group that supports veterans and their families and they're looking at all sorts of different programs that they run and operate to help veterans uh in their things they battle in different recoveries, et cetera, that they are doing. And they provide that therapy that they need to, you know, shake the things that they need to shake off. They're an excellent group. Uh, I, I highly recommend you get a, a part of them that we will definitely have their information in our show notes. If you guys want to seek it out right now, truepatriot.com, or you can find them on true Patriot Inc. I believe on Facebook, uh, out there, but we'll have everything in the show notes. They did a great job. Mike, my hat's off to you, brother. I cannot wait to bring you on the show and talk about all the great things that you are doing with your organization. Want to be on the show? Maybe share with us some interesting hunting, fishing, overlanding, wheeling, or adventuring news? Then give us a call at the Route 16 Grind Hotline at 919-694-3356. And maybe you will be on our next show. Go Adventure! Welcome back to Go Adventuring. This week, I have a great interview with another Season 6 alone contestant, Wonia from Buckskin Revolution. All right, welcome to Go Adventuring. I am here with Wonia from Buckskin Revolution, also a participant on the Alone, alone series. Wonia, thank you so much for joining us. We've been going back and forth. Appreciate making the time to do this. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad to be here. Hey, so tell us a little about yourself, Buckskin Revolution. I'm going to ask you some questions, obviously, but... You know, who, what's a little bit about you that we should know, maybe? Yeah, great question. Um, so I would say that not just a love of the outdoors and spending time, you know, deeply connecting with the, with the outdoors and the natural world, but definitely um, teaching the skills that we evolved as humans to have is a big part of my passion and my work in the world and getting people excited about being outdoors, not just as like a consumer and as a recreation, but to really find that part of ourselves that, um, that knows what it is to be deeply connected and totally dependent on the landscape around us for our daily needs. Um, and recognizing that, you know, the modern world has us so divorced from that in so many ways, but that's really who we are as humans and helping people find their way back to that feels like it's really revolutionary um, in our modern world in terms of, you know, helping people find what often feels like kind of a missing piece and a deep dissatisfaction in the modern world. And I think it's because, you know, we, we evolved to have such a connection with it and we're so deeply disconnected now so many of us so so yeah buckskin revolution is all about you know empowering people with more skills to make what they need and harvest um and you know understand the world around them so you know what actually i'm going to redo that (laughs) Um, so yeah that uh, you gave me a lot there 
That's uh, a lot. Yeah. Powerful. The divorce from nature. <laughs> That's very powerful. And me, you know, and I'll throw this out to you. You always hear that term, like you know, people always say, "Well, you know, nature provides." Yes, it does. But do you really know that? And and right. you, and you know, can you and, understand how to use what it provides? That's the real trick. Yeah, you know, it's a powerful word to say divorce. That really hit me there. Um, and then what they need. I mean, sometimes it isn't just the physical, the nourishment. Hey, I got food. I was able to provide a meal. There are so many mental aspects that you're able to gain from that too. The confidence you are, the independence, the you know, the, the fact that you can, I don't know, breathe the air, et cetera. There's so many healthy things that you're able to grasp from that. Uh, and then just the experience itself. I mean, you're you're talking about that spiritual connection. That's something that, you know, we talk about with hunting a lot is, you know, hunting is really like the kill is just the smallest part of that. It's a respectful process, if you will, but it's really that connection of, of what that animal is going to provide you. And that's something that you absolutely do with your brand, Buckskin Revolution. And you are able to reflect that and show the purpose so that it's not just the meat. There is so much more that this uh, animal is going to be able to provide you that is going to comfort you, is going to warm you, uh, that is going to be able to make you independent, uh, you know, heck, you know, cross streams, et cetera. There's so many things that you could use it for. Um, and and that's exactly it too. And that's that's kind of what I was hitting on too, is that it's not just what we're getting from the animal, but the process of hunting itself and having to be so deeply tapped in and having our awareness, you know, like there's no activity that we ever do that gets us as deeply in touch and aware and in all of our senses as hunting. And so to me, it's that. It's the way that doing the things that we evolved to do touch those places in ourselves that a lot of our modern lives don't really draw on. Because when do you need to tune your ear to the snap of a twig 40 feet away from you when you're sitting in your living room? You know, but when you're creeping through the woods with a bow or a rifle in your hands or a sling or a rock or what have you, you will never be more human than in that moment when you're that deeply engaged with the world around you. Absolutely. And, and just the, uh, you know, evolution didn't happen. Like we didn't just happen. Like, you know, these houses, the suburbia, all that. Uh, we evolved into this. And, you know, if we go back years and years, and sometimes it's not even that far back. Uh, that is what the daily life was. You want to eat, you have to go get it. Um, right. So let's talk a little bit about alone. Um you crazy girl. I mean, what made you want to go do that? Um, you know, honestly, Alone contacted me. So I wasn't, this wasn't exactly an experience that I was seeking out. But, um, you know, it's very much online with what I have been focusing on for my entire adult life, which is ancestral skills and wilderness trips and, you know, building the skill set to be able to make and do for myself out in the wild. Um, so when Alone came knocking, it you know, I wasn't looking to do this kind of thing on television. And in fact, I had said no to a lot of shows um, that had come knocking before because, you know, I've been teaching this stuff for a long time. So have a reputation and a website and I'm, I'm visible and it's not hard to find me. Um, but, you know, the idea of something that felt staged, even if it was, quote, reality, but there were people behind the camera and there was an idea of what we were supposed to do, that wasn't appealing to me at all. But with Alone, it was the combination of, you know, an amazing 
wilderness adventure, the depth of which I could probably never get just on my own, you know, that deep in the wilderness, that remote, that extreme an environment, and with other people doing all the logistics and having, you know, a bit of a safety net, just in terms of, you know, being able to push myself to stay out as long as I can, knowing that, you know, there's someone to scoop me up if that doesn't go well. Um, yeah, so that was an amazing opportunity. And then the ability, you know, the, the idea of really representing myself, my skills, my values, and that of the ancestral skills community and nature connection and kind of a more connected and, as you say, a more respectful and reciprocal relationship with the wild places than I feel like most of these, you know, survival type shows do. That felt like an amazing opportunity. So it felt really in line with my values in terms of inspiring people to live in the wild in beautiful ways and demonstrate why that would be a desirable thing. And then as it turns out, you know, coronavirus hit. And now all of a sudden, all of these people are like, oh my gosh, I need more skills to take care of myself. Um, so the coincidence of my having been on a loan right before that and kind of being in the public eye really helped me and Buckskin Revolution be able to provide more of that to people who suddenly found a desire for it. You know, I really don't watch a lot of TV and yes, Corona I was like, all right, I got Netflix. Let me just screw. Oh, this looks interesting. I've never even heard of the show. And uh, I watched your season and uh, I was amazed because, uh, again, just looking at other shows, uh, quote unquote, survival shows, uh, there's a, a, a lot of Hollywood in it, but they right. literally leave you out there and, you know, you're filming yourself and it is some, there's some raw stuff that you guys are sharing. <laughs> uh, and and I mean, sure. it is. It is literally um, just uh, that whole, you can see the, the mental uh, breakdown, if you will. Uh, some people, it's a little bit different. They're the ways that they do it. Um, and then just on top of it, just the joy of, oh, man, I, I got a rabbit. I'm able, just the appreciation for that meal that you're able to. And most, I honestly don't believe in, uh, I, I can say this from just my, and I'm not comparing experiences, just my own, own experiences. Unless you do that, you really don't know what you all went through. I mean, you spent 70 days in the bush, independent, on your own, had to literally make everything from just the, what you had, you know, everything yeah. from bailing water to bubble gum, if you will. Like, oh, man, here's the house, <laughs> you know. Uh, so it is just amazing. And you're putting all your skills also to a test. Uh, what was the, th what was the probably the thing that you learned uh, the most, if you will, from a uh, – a skill set point of view, not not necessarily about yourself, but from a skill set point of view, maybe there was a craft or some something that you were doing, you're like, you know what, you found ways to improve it, or maybe it wasn't beneficial to you and the, your approach to it in that environment. Yeah, um, you know, in terms of skill set, I would say that most of the crafting and all of that kind of thing that I was doing was well within my skill set, you know, the shelter and the building and all of all of those things. But I didn't have a lot of experience with trapping going in. And I was out there without having brought snare wire. You know, I, I had very little experience snaring and no experience snaring and um and no prior season of alone had anyone ever been successful snaring. People had brought snare wire a ton. So I, at the last minute, changed out my snare wire for my paracord. So that meant I was out there and I was in an area that didn't have big game and didn't have fish. I was in a pretty resource poor area. I was on a very small, rocky peninsula. So not a lot of game and all that there was was um, limited amount of rabbits and squirrels. And here I was without snare wire. So learning to trap and to trap effectively with 
really extreme conditions and really inadequate materials, that was a huge learning curve. Um, so I learned a lot and definitely came out with a different skill set than I went in with. Yeah, you got a big appreciation for that. What was probably the day that just resonated with you the most? Like, mm-hmm. if you're going to say the best day I had out there, because obviously us watching you from the screen, we, we don't get to see all your days. We, we right. don't get to experience you all that. A teeny and, sliver, yeah, a teeny sliver of the timeout. What was yeah, that day? I, I had two of them. Um, one of them, parts of it made it onto, onto the final cuts of the show, but in a really different way than I experienced it. And then another was absolutely amazing and epic and etched into my soul forever. Um, and no part of that made it on screen, partly because I didn't film as much of it. But um, the first was the both were towards the very end of my time. So it was 73 days. I came out on day 73 and it was about day 68 or 69 um, was the day that they showed me out on the ice, trying to get through the ice with the butt end of my saw. Um, I didn't have a hatchet, you know, I didn't, I didn't bring an ax. um, And even so it would have been hard to get through that ice because at that point in, in the course of about five days, the ice had gone from four inches thick, which I could easily bust through with that technique I was doing with my saw um, to about 24 inches thick, which was real hard to get through, period. Even with an ice auger, it would have been, you know, a a challenging layer of ice, but I didn't have anything but the back of my saw. Um, That said, while it was a huge disappointment to not be able to get through the bottom you know, through the ice. And I knew that that meant that my time was drawing to a close because I'd been starving for quite some time at that point and really holding out for ice fishing as the one thing that could turn everything around for me and allow me to stay out there a lot longer term. Um, So knowing that that was no longer open to me and that I had missed my window um, to get that hole just in the course of this one, like four day, really intense storm where the temperature dropped, you know, from around zero to minus 20 Fahrenheit real quick. Um, So that was hard. But that night was one of the most epically beautiful I've ever experienced in my entire life. And it's so disappointing to me that what the what they showed on the show was the disappointment and bleeps, which I really don't think I was swearing that night. But there were these bleeps in that scene. Because once I realized I couldn't get through the ice, I set down my tools, and I just surrendered to that night. And that moment was so incredible because the sun was setting. It had been a little cloudy. The storm was just breaking up. So there were still clouds in the sky. So the sky was this unbelievable sunset color, but it wasn't just the sky because after the days of this intense storm, the ice was completely scoured by, by the wind and the snow. And so it was like a mirror. So all of the land around me was reflecting the sunset. It was like standing in the middle of the sky. And then I actually went further onto the ice and I didn't bring the camera because I kind of wasn't supposed to go that far onto the ice. There were a lot of safety concerns. Um, But I left the camera behind and I went further out into the ice where the whole surface of the lake had been heaved from freezing that quick. And so it had been like gunshots all the time as the ice is cracking and the different sections of the ice were like skewed at different angles. So each one caught a different color of the sunset sky. So it was like standing on top of this crazy jigsaw puzzle of sunset with every block of ice, a different sunset color. And it, and then as I'm doing that and just like screaming with beauty and delight, the moon started to rise and it was like exactly cut in half and exactly vertical rising in the clear sky over this island. It was 
so beautiful. And it was one of those moments that was like, if I die tomorrow, that's all right, because I got to experience this night right now. And this is so incredible. Um, so that was a life-changing moment for sure. And then I had another one, but I just talked for a long time about that. No, so you're I good. I'm, I, I just love the whole nature unfiltered. Please share. Yeah. That's what you're here for. I mean, I mean, yes, nature unfiltered. And what shocks me is, you know, I, you yourself and, and, you know, my, like we've been blessed. We've been able to travel. Being, we've been able to get like these moments in life. But there are some people that honestly that they're not able to. And I, I learned this from a, a person that does a lot of overlanding. So they drive you know, throughout the country, not using, you know, roads, but just overland. And he was saying, you know, I just set up my YouTube channel because uh, I went through a medical process that um, I want to remember all these things because he had a yeah. short term memory, mm. but he didn't realize that he had so many people follow him because there are people who could not experience that. Right. Yeah, and absolutely. So please share more, man. All right. So so the next night you asked for like some of those moments that didn't make it a film. So the next night was day 70. And now I had been on high medical alert for some time at this point and really expecting to get pulled at any point because my weight was, you know, really low. And um, it was, you know, minus 20, minus 25 Fahrenheit out there. It was really cold. And I wasn't eating, you know, my traps, uh, the rabbits were kind of on to me, they were getting smarter and smarter and just nipping my fishing line traps out of their way. And the weather was really bad. And whether it was stormy, my traps would all get sprung because I was using saplings and rocks, and the trees would shake. And so my traps would spring. So, you know, I wasn't bringing in food. And so I knew my time was winding down. And I said, okay, like, unless something shifts, I'm not going to get to stay through the winter like I really want to and like my plan was. So I need either to get through the ice, you know, to find a good spot to do ice fishing, or I need to get to this island. So like the freeze up was what I was waiting for, because freeze up meant one access to the ice and ice fishing, and two access to this island, I had had my eye out, my eye on which I knew was where the beaver lodge was, because I could see a big raft of green branches that the beavers had been hauling there as their winter food stores. So I knew that there was no way for me to get to this beaver lodge until freeze up and we did have beaver tags. So that was the second night. So the first night was that epic sunset and then realizing that I couldn't get through to the fish. And then the second night I decided to go and explore um, Beaver Island. And this is part of why I didn't film it because it was getting dark. And at this point there were only about four hours of daylight and they couldn't come and get us with the helicopter when it wasn't light. So they, they tried to get us to be really cautious um, of what our activities were after dark, especially because, you know, like I was very, um, I'd lost so much weight. They felt like I was in kind of dire circumstances. I felt strong and good. I wasn't as concerned about my health as they were. But um, anyway, I wasn't really supposed to go exploring at dusk. I was supposed to be safely back in my camp where no harm could befall me that they couldn't come and save me from. But I wasn't really concerned with that. So I wanted to get to that beaver lodge. So I went out onto the island. Um, I made it there. And there was no way for me to get to the beaver lodge. It was like huge logs packed in with clay. And I knew that as soon as I started hacking at the lodge, they would be out under the ice because they always have an exit tunnel under there. So I was, you know, deciding, well, okay, that's it. Like, 
that is the end of my time in terms of being able to stay as long as I want because those two major food sources that I was holding out for were done. But still, it felt so amazing to be out there. And as the winter got, you know, more and more harsh, it felt even more epic and wild. And knowing that I was so far out and, you know, people couldn't get to me was exhilarating, frankly. I really, I loved the feeling of the wildness and the remoteness and the extremity of it. And I decided, even though it was almost dark, to go out onto the ice a little bit because it, it was further than I'd ever been. And I wanted to see new territory and that like thrill of adventure really was in me, especially knowing that I could get pulled at any time. I wanted to just like squeeze everything I could out of the rest of my experience. So I went out onto the ice. And one other thing that I'd been holding out for was like, just, I hope they don't pull me until I get to see the wolf. Cause I knew there was a wolf in my area because they had seen it from the helicopter when they had come for a med check and I had never seen any sign of it. But as I'm out there on the ice, I see a wolf track. And I was like, no way. This was what I asked for. I wanted to see the wolf before I left. So I started following the wolf tracks and I followed them for a ways out across the lake ice until it was getting, you know, a little bit more hazy with dark. And then I could see the spot where the river, where the lake ice was undulating and different weird shapes and different weird colors. And I was like, what is going on? And so I walked out over to it and I'm standing on top of it when I hear a sound that I wasn't expecting to hear. And it was a gurgling sound. And I looked down at the ice beneath my feet and I saw little bubbles running pretty rapidly past my feet. And I realized that the reason why the lake surface was bubbly was because I was standing on top of a frozen river on pretty darn thin ice at oh, wow. dusk way the heck far away from my shelter at a time when there's no way that I could get any help. And it was definitely, it was the, the scariest thing that had happened to me my whole time out, but it was also, you know, super exhilarating. And um, uh, yeah, I just felt incredibly alive and incredibly stupid <laughs> for not realizing that I was standing on a river, but this was way far out of my territory that I couldn't have gotten to without you know, without the ice being frozen. Um, and I didn't know that I was out of my territory at that moment. I knew it was likely because I'd gone so far, but um, I hadn't gotten any little bleep that I had passed my geofence, which they have set up with right. GPS. But the, the signals were really bad out there. The satellites were few and far between and low on the horizon. So I turned around and I, you know, I wasn't sure where I should go because shore was a lot closer to me in the opposite direction of where I'd come, but I knew that the ice had been at least thick enough to hold me as, you know, the way I came. So I, I turned around and I retraced my steps very carefully back until I knew I was on solid ice again. And then I was another like 15 minutes back towards my house when I got the message from someone who had been watching my GPS saying, what are you doing? Turn around and go back right now. Like it is too late to be out on the ice and you are out of bounds. Um, so, yeah, that was a very poignant moment. And those two things back to back kind of um, kind of signaled to me the idea that I knew I knew now that I was I was in my last couple of days and that they were going to be coming right. and pulling me soon because food. Those are my last two opportunities for food. And yet each of those moments with the disappointment of knowing that food source was closed to me was also some of the most exhilarating times I've ever had in my life. And so it made the disappointment, you know, negligible compared to the awesome beauty of the experience. So, and that kind of sums up my time out there. You know, I was like starving by myself in the woods for two and a half months and all of it was the most beautiful and magical thing 
that I had ever experienced, even with well, the hardship. The hardship was nothing compared to the beauty. Wonia the rebel. So, <laughs> <laughs> so don't give you a rule book because you won't read it. Got it. No, I'm actually quite <laughs> yeah. a rule follower yeah. in general. Just, you know, that moment I was like, this is my last chance to see this. Um, I'm actually like, I, I was always a pretty good kid. You know, I did get suspended <laughs> I'm once, just kidding actually, with you. But <laughs> you know, but I want, I think one thing I really would love for our listener to truly understand. So you have already been out there 60 plus days going almost to 70. You guys at that way before that point, you're like literally any action you do, you're like the calorie counting in a way of, man, I can't waste this energy on this action because I don't have a food source yet. Like, you're like, you know what? I'm going to probably be out of here the next couple of days, whatever. I'm going to grab this. I mean, that right there defines to me the human spirit in so many ways uh, yeah. because we, we seek adventure. We seek challenge. We seek exploration. That There are so many things that I feel that is what, truly that you know when we why we evolve is because of that and you're in the wild you're experiencing it and now you're going back to you know you're reversing evolution of those things that you know i need to see this i need to know what that looks like and it's just an amazing story from that perspective um and the only way that people can do it they go challenge themselves and they do these type of things it could be something so simple that just hey i'm going to go out for a walk you know what there's a view there's a spot of nature you haven't experienced, you haven't seen. If you can only walk 100 steps, walk 100 steps, a place you haven't seen, haven't explored, et cetera. Like this, this right here, this is why I love talking to you. We, did, we had a wonderful experience talking to Michelle, who was on your show as well. I and, saw and, that. Yeah, I was looking at your past episodes a bit, and I saw that she had been I, on. You yeah. ladies kick some butt, man. I tell you what, like you ladies Michelle's absolutely. Michelle's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah all she, the women on my season are epic. Yeah, tigers, man, tigers. Uh, but hey, let's talk about your brand, Buckskin Revolution. Mm -hmm. um, this is something when, when I first started looking at your brand and stuff, um, it, and just being honest, it, it's not something you normally see. Hey, you are tanning, you are gutting, you are sitting there and you're, you're like taking, repurposing everything. And what made me actually go look at all your brand stuff and everything else was the fact when you walked into a loan, your coat was something you made. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, that thing, my gear. yeah, and you were like making stuff out there too, little crafty things. And I was like, yeah, it was just amazing. Man, what's, what's this person's story? And then the fact that you're actually, I always feel, and I share this with my kids, I, I share this with some of my colleagues, knowledge is useless unless you share it. I mean, it, you taking something with you, it, it doesn't help anybody evolve or help others. And you're a person that loves to share your knowledge and loves to get that. So tell us a little bit about Buckskin Revolution. What made you start it? And then what, what is your vision, your goal, and some of the things you do with it? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so, so yeah, as, as kind of we talked about, certainly, um, you know, my background is, is in the sciences, and I have, a, I have a degree in environmental science, and definitely, you know, someone who is really passionate about shifting the way people interact with the natural world and being less resource extractive, you know, and less damaging. And so part of my drive towards the skills is towards that, you know, the, the less layers removed we are from the goods in our world and the less 
you know, fossil fuels we're depending on and the less we're, you know, shipping goods from somewhere in the world that we can hardly pronounce and don't know the working conditions of the people or the environmental degradation that's happening because of that industry that's been outsourced to a country far away because they don't have the environmental standards we do have in the U.S. So to me, you know, the skills are partly because I believe it's a more beautiful way to live and it's the way that we can live and with causing the least destruction and humans are, you know, absurdly destructive on the planet. So that matters a lot to me, but it's also, it feels so deeply satisfying to me. Um, and I see so many people in this world today. I mean, people reach out to me all the time who feel really trapped in the modern world and feel like they don't have options. And so my work is about providing more options to people by providing them with skills so that they can make a choice, you know, like they can continue to work their nine to five office job if that's what they choose, or they can work part time and grow a big garden, or they can quit their job and build a shelter in the woods and harvest wild foods and, you know, do some, some minimal, you know, small-scale agriculture or what have you, or anywhere in between, you know? So it's about empowering people and inspiring people and having people feel more connected to themselves, to their human communities, to the greater-than-human world. Um, so, yeah, that's what my business is about, is sharing those skills for those reasons and those motivations. And I've done it under a lot of different names throughout the years. I've been doing this stuff for over 20 years. But... Um, about six or seven years now, I started writing a book about buckskin clothing, which has been a big passion of mine and a big part of the skills that I teach. Certainly not at all the only skills that I teach, but, um, but it's been a big focus. And part of, why, part of why buckskin feels so important to me is because every human alive on the planet today can trace their ancestry back to someone who wore buckskin or something very like it. And so I feel like it has this magical quality of reminding us again, who, who we are as humans, what we evolved to be, and holds that piece of connection to the natural world. Because here, can, I don't know if you're recording a parallel, but here I'm wearing a buckskin skirt. And this material is the only thing that I can choose as clothing that I know where this came from. It came from the woods right around me, and there were no factory-made goods between me and the skin, right? Even your most eco-materials right. like organic bamboo or cotton, those are still hugely mechanized, you know, factory processes that are super destructive. And, like, how do I connect with that process? But I skinned this deer. Actually, this may have been skinned by another hunter, but, you know, many, many of my hides, I skinned the deer. I understood the life cycle of the deer. I understood where it lived. I see the scars on its skin and understand if it lived in an area with barbed wire or blackberries. You know, I'm, I'm understanding the animal through working its hide. And when I'm wearing that, I'm, I feel that sense of connection to the animal, to the woods that the animal lived in, to my human ancestors who wouldn't be where they are in the world today if they hadn't discovered how to tan animal hides because we evolved in the tropics and now we live all over the world in cold climates. It was leather that made that possible and it was leather very like buckskin. So buckskin revolution is about buckskin kind of as a symbol and a tool to remember those things. And it's also about making amazing clothing. <laughs> right. Um, I, yeah, that's uh, that's great. I loved how you put it's it's not just the material, but the process. I think many people who are into the whole environmental, hey, I want to you know, do a little bit better. I'm going to shop this way or whatever. But you keyed up on something I didn't even think about the the process that most of us just don't you know because you like hemp clothing's one et cetera et cetera. 
and people don't get involved that they just see what it's made of like hey i'm i'm making nature i'm I'm supporting nature but but are you and then on top of it where it's made you know that kind of thing but just the connection that you put out there uh that's uh that's that's awesome and i think as a hunter i appreciate that i think that's the big thing too is you get the full story i mean you spend time with your harvest and and the aspect i mean i'm so appreciative uh of of all that because you know this thing is going to nourish me and then you know you could go that other aspect of it hey this thing's going to i'll be able to repurpose this for something the, the amount of things that like just the indians did with with animal skin is tremendous and we've lost a lot of that and you're kind of showing that how about how about uh like one of the good stories from from some of the seminars you run or or some of the classes you've done or trips uh, what, what's one of those what, one of those stories that really connects you and you're just like man i just man i love it just really redefines why you do what you do yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's interesting because I'm, I'm, it's about to wrap up, but right now I'm hosting my first ever online skills gathering and it's covering, you know, ancestral skills basics like shelter and knots and, and cutting edges like knives and stone tools and, um, cordage and plants and herbal medicine and animal processing and hide tanning and a huge amount of things. Um, so it's been a really exciting project and something that I never would have done probably if it weren't for coronavirus canceling all of my in-person classes. And um, what's been really amazing to me is how it's affected the students in it and how I can see the seeds that I'm planting now taking root in people's lives. And already I have folks in that gathering who are making dates with one another to, to learn to tan hides and who are, you know, harvesting herbal medicines from the side of their driveway that they notice now that they didn't know before. And the testimonials and the ways, you know, that people are talking about the way they feel in their lives and their bodies and their homes now versus the start of the gathering. That's, that's huge to me. And that's what it's all about knowing that, you know, it's not just, it's just not just in my head anymore. I can see it shaping the lives of the people who were looking for something different and found it through these skills. Um, yeah, that's been really powerful and what I'm all about, you know, because of the alone show and all of the publicity, I get letters from people every day telling me how watching me and seeing not just what I was doing, but the attitude with which I was doing it and the love that came through of the experience that a lot of people have mentioned how life-changing that's been. People who've written me who are dealing with cancer right now or who are like suicidal, you know, have told me that seeing how I face the adversity out there in the Arctic with, you know, little shelter and warmth and food has helped them have a different relationship to the adversity they're facing in their lives. And I mean, every time I get something like that, it just brings me to tears because that was the intention with which I went out there. And, you know, you never know, you hand over this important moment in your life to editors who don't understand your story or your motivations and they can really butcher it. And I felt like it was really butchered, frankly. And yet I can see the effects that it's had on people and know that the real heart of the message I was trying to bring through did, did come through. Yeah. I, I tell you two things that stuck with me uh, from your, from your uh, experience out there that I did see uh, was one just tremendously positive. You were so positive um, throughout that experience, but also the respect for the point where it came to where, Hey, I, I, this is it. I need to, you know, get pulled out of here. Like this is respect in the, the way that you had the respect for your body. Um, mm-hmm. and you, you just, 
that bit right there, I think, could resonate with people to remind themselves just, you know, you have a gift you need to care for. I mean, just there's some things that I, I felt that uh, you were bringing out, whether you meant to or not. I think it was just natural. I, don't, I really don't feel there was it was just what you felt at that moment. And uh, mm-hmm. it's something I think many people can take from. But let we got to go. I know that. So if people want to find you and they want to, man, I want to get learn some more about her or maybe they want to go to one of your classes where they find you at social media, all that stuff. Great question. Yeah, I have all kinds of ways to be involved. One of the best ways to be more involved with what I do and um, and help support it and be part of it is my Patreon membership. So you can find me on Patreon. Um, pretty much all of my all of my stuff you can find through Buckskin Revolution. So that's the name of my website, buckskinrevolution.com. I'm on Patreon at Buckskin Revolution, and my YouTube channel is Buckskin Revolution, and Instagram um, and Facebook. I have a business profile as well as a couple personal profiles that I, you know, take friends requests occasionally on my more public one, which is Wonia Dawn, and then not on my personal one, but that's the one that people find me more because it has my full name on it because it was set up years before alone and the idea that I would ever people would know about. Um, So, so yeah, but my website has links to all of the other things I do. So I put out a lot of YouTube videos. I started my YouTube channel just before alone went on air because, you know, after only having taught in person for many years and then also my, my book project. So I have several books that are, you know, part way done. Um, Hopefully some of those will be out within next year, but, um, but, you know, I never really saw myself doing videos, but then I got all this camera training on a loan and was used to filming myself all the time. So I just kind of right. ran with it. <laughs> so now I have a lot of YouTube videos out there. I have online courses um, that I'm putting together. The online skills gathering that's happening now is the first one of those, but there will be more to come. Um, so, yeah, you know, and you can you can Google my name and any combination of my name and Buckskin and find your way to my website pretty easily these days. Um, so, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll make sure to put all that in the show notes. Wonia, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. I know our listeners are uh, getting a lot from this. I appreciate you taking out a little piece of your time to share your story with us. You have a great afternoon, a great class. And when you get all that stuff, send it to us. We'll put it out there for you as well. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much, Brian. Lovely conversation. Thanks for reaching Absolutely. out. Absolutely. All right. All okay, right. we're done. All right. We'll talk to you great. later. Bye. All right. Sounds good. Bye. Want to support the show? How about becoming a Route 16 Grind Patreon today for as little as a buck a month? It's not just a contribution, but an investment that goes directly to the show. Help this podcast expand and grow. Check out the show notes for the links to our Patreon page. The Cup of Joe segment is brought to you by C-State Coffee. Have you ever actually drank good coffee? Stop wasting your money on old, stale coffee from the store and make the switch to C-State Coffee. C-State Coffee is a United States Marine Corps veteran-owned and operated roastery selling premium coffee that's roasted on order and delivered fresh to you. Order your coffee today at www.cstakecoffee.com. Man, I am so glad to be back. So just to let you all know, there's going to be probably some things uh, that are going to be changed around here. I'm going to be doing some things on this show, be going to be doing some things with the logo, all sorts of other stuff. So while I've been out, uh, there's a lot of things that I, I've been working on. Um, I've been very involved with my work. A lot of businesses stepped up in, in that aspect and my attention to be there. But also, I needed to take a break for me. Um, I really did. I, I 
absolutely had every intention to do a podcast when I got back from that trail ride with True Patriot. And I got back that night and I was like, realize, you know what? Why can't I just soak this in and just enjoy it? And I did that. And then I took that and said, you know what? I need to like, and just enjoy these other times. You know, I went in the pool and, and played play with my kids. And I went out and did some shooting with my youngest son. Um, we went back out wheeling, if you will. And I've just been enjoying a little bit of time for just me and, and me alone and with my family and, and, and stuff like that. And I enjoyed it. And I think sometimes that's important to do that. So it's not that I didn't want to continue to do this. Um, it's not that I, I was ignoring y'all or I was frustrated or anything negative was happening. I appreciate the people that reached out, but I just need a little bit of me time. Um, and also too, uh, you know, it's been it's been really hard uh, for me to go ahead and and connect uh, with my co-host here, and you know his he's been busy too. So I think going forward, it's probably going to be me on the podcast. Uh, it's just uh, it's really hard to work in additionals. And I tell you what, Jeep Talk Show, you listening? I, I appreciate the fact that you guys have been able to do it for so long with all these people involved into the show format. It is that is a hard challenge, a really hard challenge, especially how diversified you know they're across the country, all over the place. So my hats off to you. That, that is quite a challenge uh, in order to do that. So. Um, it's not saying Ethan won't contribute in the future, uh, no different than, you know, truck might sneak in here every now and then and contribute something. But I think the the show itself, I'm going to be probably the meat of it and in, in providing the content because I think it's just going to be easier for me because I pretty much do all the production and editing and, and all that stuff. And it's, it's just really hard to sync up times, do plot and bits and everything else and and then the post-production work becomes that much longer and it's not me whining at all i want to continue this show i'm just being transparent with you all and what's going on here and with that so let's talk about this show here as we go forward so yeah i'm going to do some uh, things with the logo i got some ideas that i'm gonna do um probably put together and i'm really glad i've been debating the whole swag thing i got hit up probably like three or four people hit me up in the last month about when you're going to uh, put your swag i did have some stuff on the teespring site and i'll be honest with you i just wasn't happy with with some of this stuff the way i mean i think uh, some things look really cool for the formats i use them in but if you want to put it on a t-shirt or some other like a coffee mug and stuff it, it may not work if you will but I have some ideas. I'm going to do some stuff with the logos. And, and then uh, the decals are coming. And Patreons, you're going to be the first one to get that cool stuff. I got you in there. Oh, man, I didn't even mention this in the get-go. Hey, guess what? We're going to do a giveaway. Going to do a giveaway. Going to give some stuff away. Yeah, am I singing? Hey, whatever. Sing, there might be more singing going for it, too. All right. So I have a cool Vortex Solo Monocular 10 by 25 it is the model S105. This right here can go to you if you are caller 5, caller 5 on the Route 16 grind hotline. The phone number, we say it in the show. The phone number is in the show notes. So I'm going to make it that easy for you. You need to do a little bit of research, you need to do a bit of listening, you need to do some writing down. You are caller 5 for the Route 16 Grind Hotline, and you say, I'm solo, then you get this awesome Vortex Solo 
monocular 10 by 25. I will put it in the mail and it'll go to you. Now, I hate to say this. I mean, it's going to be for lower 48. I can't be sending all this stuff to Hawaii, Canada, Alaska. And, you know, you might be over in Guam, uh, you know, UK. You know what? I know, man. I, I know it. I know it, man. You know, I got some UK listeners that are like, dang it. Um, but he'll probably try and work it in because, hey, I got an APO, man. But at lower 48, if it, hey, I'll tell you what, if the destination mail is the lower 48 and you're one of these people that have one of those APO AEs, I'm cool with it because I'm paying postage for where it gets to in the States, not for it to travel all the way across, halfway across the world. Remember, call a five and you got to say, I'm solo. And make sure, make sure to leave me your contact info. Don't just say I'm solo and a phone number and all that stuff like that. Like, no, yeah, leave me your contact info. All right. You got to call the hotline. No emails, any of that. All right. You can teletype it if you have to. Do it. All right. And I'm more than happy to get this out. This is because July, I was planning to give this out. I was planning to do a July giveaway. So I want to make sure to do this right now. All right. But yeah, man, let's get into some of the parts of the show that we talked about. The R3, recruit, retain, and reactivation. I had to take a little break, man. What was it? Reactivation. See, I'm getting old. Yeah, I'm, any one of us can do this, all right? Any one of us can do it. And you, you cannot look at this as something like you have to start a nonprofit, like you have to start a brand, like you have to go and do this massive undertaking. You don't. It just takes you and one person. You hear somebody that has a need, said, you know what? It'd be nice to go fishing. I've just never been fishing, or I like to go fishing, or I like to, to go hunting. You know, I like to go, go wheeling, all that kind of stuff. I like to go outdoors. I love to go on the trails. I love to see these places. Get involved. Take them. Encourage them. Show them the way. Help them out. Be Lend a hand. All right? That's how we kind of do this. And I, I'm telling you right now, you, you put the other bullshit aside. You, you honestly think I get along with everybody from, uh, uh, let's just throw politics in there. You know, you think I agree with everyone's politics? You think they're all the same as mine? Absolutely not. You know, I got libertarian candidates coming on here. I got Spike coming on, the Libertarian Party vice president. He's going to be, uh, we're going to do an interview this weekend, and he's going to be on the podcast. You know, you don't see me, I don't, I'll hand out, I'll hang out with anybody that feels any way. We can have an honest discussion. We can share our opinions, and I'll love you just as much as I did before you even said anything. I may not agree with certain things. You may not agree with certain things that I say, but it's not a big deal. We are going to enjoy each other's company. We're going to enjoy the experience that we're having. Whether it be hunting, fishing, overlanding, getting our wheel on, or just taking a, a nice pack walk, you know, 40 pounds, 50 pounds on our back, and we're just going, er, doing some knuckle dragon hike. That's cool. It's all right. You know, you can have some great chat around the campfire. You can share some ideas. You could maybe learn something along the way. That's what this is about. That's what I love about this podcast, and I'm hoping it occurs to you. R3, you know, yes, we use it a lot for hunting and stuff like that, but I think it carries over into all the things that we do in outdoor activities. I think that is important, right? So if you're, if you do something that you love and you think you can encourage somebody to help get off the couch, turn off that stupid tube, stop listening to all them talking heads and get them outside and get them excited about being human again, just being human, then man, why don't you go ahead and do it? Cause you can, you have the power to do it. Just go ahead and do it. I had a wonderful experience wheeling with my son. 
Uh, again, got to hang out with FMC Oberland and his son and met some really cool people out there and some people I've wheeled with before and some people I never wheel with. Oh, um, yeah, man, I had to get a reset. It's been a while. I mean, I haven't, I, it's crazy to think about it is the midsummer and I have not really, I've gone wheeling, I think maybe four or five times this year, which is shocking. Uh, you know, normally once it opens up at the end of spring, I've been out there every other weekend or something. Um, I haven't been out there and I really had to take it a little bit slow. I had to, I, you know, wasn't back where I was a, a year ago and, and there's probably some spots like I shared with you. I probably said, Hey man, I, I need a, I need a, a ground guide here. I need a road guide kind of, you know, show me. I can't see all that, but it's also the challenge of remembering, Hey, I, how, what works for you as far as when you wheel now, other people, they might have other pointers and stuff like that. Uh, through the things I've been trained in, the things that I, I have experienced in my own, I know the things that work for me. And, uh, you know, I needed to apply those things. And, and uh, it took a little bit of uh, challenges to kind of get there. And, and we did. And the, the thing about it was, what was awesome about it, Mike put together a fantastic experience. We were safe. The group stayed together. Nobody's vehicle got like crazy damage. Root got a couple of bumps and bruises. That's all right. Got some character scars, you know, you know, that it was totally cool. Um, the armor did its job as a summary of it, but yeah, I had, had a great time and, and Mike from true Patriot and you guys need to go out and support him, try and get involved with his organization. Check it out. We'll have the stuff in the show notes. Yeah. Really appreciate it, man. I, I wish I could do more with you guys. Uh, every time I go out and experience, it is a, a, a wonderful chance to just get with some great people and have a, have a wonderful time. And then, uh, man, that uh, just fantastic interview that we had with uh, Wania. Uh, she is, uh, she's, uh, you know, just got a fantastic story and just as impressive as, as you know, Michelle. They had totally separate experiences on the season six alone. Uh, I mean, like I said in the interview, I man, both these ladies are tigers, man. And Wania, the, the the things that you shared from, you know, your experience and how you. Uh, I mean, she has some powerful messages, I think, within her interview, the way that she looked at the outdoors and the experiences with it, and then just how us as humans have separated from that. And, you know, we do have other choices. I love that. Like, yeah, I'm giving people other choices. They don't have to be in this rat race that they don't want to. Um, it's it, just an amazing story and the things that she shares and, and, and all that. And yeah, I really appreciate her finding the time to do it. She's really busy. Um, just like, you know, all those people that, that do that for a living. Um, and I, I, I really appreciated her time and, and attention and it was really fun. We'll look forward to bring her back on. And, uh, I mean, I tell you what, man, if you guys are out in her area in California, um, check her out. You can find her at buckskinrevolution.com. You can find her on Instagram, all that stuff. I'll put her stuff in the show notes. Um, if you can take one of her workshops, definitely do it. I think you're going to get more than what the workshop is, is, uh, you know, planned for. I think you're going to get just a bunch of bonuses and just the information she has to share. Uh, I encourage you to do that, uh, for sure. And if I'm actually out in that area, I have opportunity. I will. Um, actually, you know, it's funny uh, and, uh, not take away from Wania, but, uh, I was chatting with Michelle and she's like, Hey man, if you ever want to go bear hunting up here, yeah, I'm down. I'm absolutely down. Uh, that would be totally fun. So, um, you know, the, uh, the show itself, man, it's going to go on. I don't want you guys to think that I stopped doing it. Uh, I'm, I'm having any negativity towards doing it. I'm, I enjoy this. I, I can't tell you how much I do enjoy it, but there are times where, yes, even I, even I need to take a little bit of a break and you do a little bit of reset. Um, we will still hear 
uh, from Ethan when he gets an opportunity. We're going to, and again, like Chuck, you know, I need to encourage him to, to put some things on the recording and, and share that. Uh, both those guys are top notch guys, not taking anything away, uh, from them. It's just that it, it is a challenge to, to get all synced up and, and do those things. And, and I think it's just going to be better going forward uh, for me to, to do this solo. And I'm going to keep it exciting. I'm going to keep the segments. Um, we're going to, you know, all the other things that we normally have, we're going to keep on doing. We might put some new stuff in all those type of things. And, and I enjoy it. And I will tell you this, guys, if you have a story, if you got an experience, if you have a skill set, if you want, you have something you want to share and it fits into this show. Hey, I'm more than happy to bring you on. Tell me a little about it. You know, if you got, I don't care who you are. You could be one of these, uh, you know, people that are influencer or you could just be the regular Joe. Um, like those uh, young gentlemen that we had on the show, uh, uh, last episode for this one, man, amazing, amazing story. A uh, great young man out there. And, um, you guys have a story too. If you want to share it, Hey, this is the podcast where you can do that. I'm more happy to bring you on and you can share your story. If you have a group, an organization you want to bring attention to that is looking for R3. If you have a nonprofit that's out there trying to do good things for people that need it the most, I'm more than happy to bring you on here. So don't hesitate. Don't be shy. Um, I'm more than happy to help you through it. You can contact me at route16 at gmail.com. Or you can just hit us up at route16.com, select contact, and put it in there. Or you can just call the Route16 Grind hotline. Let me know what you want to do. Let me know your story. And I'm more than happy to let's see if we can put it together and share it with this wonderful audience. Thank you all for joining us. I appreciate the support. I appreciate all the notes and emails and stuff that I got uh, while I was out, if you will. And thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. Share it with Share this uh, podcast with a friend. Share it with your mom. Share it with your dad. Share it with somebody you don't even know. Just share it. I'm looking forward to spreading this message, getting some good content, and helping you all have a wonderful experience every time you listen to this podcast. Thanks for listening to the Route 16 Grind. We want to thank our amazing sponsors, Warren Industries, Tuffy Security Products, Sea State Coffee, and Route 16 Off-Road for their support. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and more. Just look for Route 16. That's R-O-O-T-O-N-E-S-I-X. Or just go to Route16.com. Until next week, plan smart, be safe, and as always, be prepared. Yeah, I don't need no stinking high lift. Well, yeah, I do.